sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Warning. The following program contains shocking content that may give you a better or worse than pessimistic hope on anything you like. Viewer and listener discretion is advised. Would the Warriors have a leg to stand on by saying, listen, he shot it already. So, you know, I know the lights went out, but it went in. <laughs> Very strange. Two games, two different sports, two nights, the lights go out. So what? Uh, hockey is next, right? We had baseball. We got the NBA. Pick a hockey game. That'll be a new bet on FanDuel. You know, which game will the lights go out for a second? It's Opposite Picks with Scott Wetzel. Opposite. Welcome to Opposite Picks right here on Sports Grid Radio and Sirius XM Channel 204 and your local radio affiliate all around the nation on this Friday, May 7th. Yours truly, Scott Wetzel, Mr. Vegas, sitting in for the next two glorious hours, taking your phone calls at 844-843-6879. Again, that's toll-free, 844-843-6879. You want to follow me on Twitter, send a tweet. It is at Opposite Picks. That's O-P-P-O-S-I-T-E, Picks, P-I-C-K-S. Email me. Go to the website, OppositePicks.com. Hit the contact, Scott icon, and fire away. Emails, tweets, phone calls, little YouTube chat. Again, right here on an Opposite Picks Friday. Well, don't let the door hit you in the ass, Albert. Uh, not suspicious, really? Uh, hats off to Jake, throwing rocks to the wolves. Lakers lose the battle, but perhaps win the war. This is your reward for finishing number one. Nets lose, and Kyrie is happy. Uh, bad beat watch in L.A., and, of course, opposite picks. We'll get to all those stories, plus your phone calls, emails, and tweets right here on an opposite picks again Friday, May 7th. What's up, LLs? How are you on this uh, Friday morning? Getting the uh, hopefully big weekend uh, off to a good start for you on this Friday. We've got some baseball stuff to get to. we got some NBA. A bad beat watch continues. we got some football news. we got some baseball news with Albert Pujols. Is he the greatest right-handed hitter of all time? We put our poll question up there pertaining to that. We'll get to that in a second. Of course, we can't have a day without an, uh, you know, another Aaron Rodgers story. There you go. This is getting sickening. We, we thought we were tired of, like, Spygate and all the stuff that the Patriots went through day after day. Uh, it's getting to be the same thing with uh, with Aaron Rodgers, to tell you the truth. Uh, more goofiness from boxing yesterday. What a joke. I mean, this sport is hit. You'd like to say the sport has uh, hit rock bottom, but we know they can get even worse than that. So uh, a lot to get to over the next uh, couple of hours. We got our opposite picks. Uh, check out what happened yesterday. Why don't we start the program with that? Uh, because it actually was a pretty good day if you went opposite, I suppose. Um, although it really kind of evened itself out. We had the uh, Wizards getting a point and a half against Toronto. They won outright by two in overtime. Oh, by the way, another Russell Westbrook triple-double. We'll get to that. Lakers get blown out by the Clippers. That was a loser. OKC gets blown out by Golden State. That was a loser. Uh, Ranger, I, I tell you what, we should have been all – I mean, we were, but I really – should have been all over, all over the Boston Bruins yesterday. That was the lock of the year. Now, that was absolutely, you know, maybe if not for all sports, but for the NHL, there was no way in the world the Rangers were winning that game. We, we really, it was our play of the day in the NHL, and it was our play of the day overall, but, man, there was no way they were winning that game. Uh, so we, we lost with that opposite pick. We won with the Blackhawks, who won outright at Carolina, Fudge, as uh, the Blackhawks go over their season total by a half a point. So, in the end, only five plays yesterday went two and three. 
not awful, depending on what you did. Now, if you go with the real picks, if you will, uh, the teams that I actually liked, then you went three and two. So that that's up to you. All right, just getting underway, hour number one of our little two-hour extravaganza on this uh, Friday morning. Yours truly, Scott Wetzel sitting in, taking you right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time, as we always do. Don't forget, on Saturdays, we're here from 8 to 10 a.m., a little bit later, get a little bit of a reprieve. So NBA, baseball stuff, football stuff, hockey stuff as well. You know, I guess not necessarily the, the a betting angle, but, you know, Albert Pujols being released yesterday by the Angels is clearly the top story. It's amazing, isn't it? You know, you have baseball games left and right, and Pujols being released is still the top story. You know, football, you had the draft, you had Aaron Rodgers, you know, off uh, the beaten path is the top story. You know, NBA, uh, I don't know if necessarily Kyrie Irving would be the top story, but some of the bird brain things he said uh, yesterday and before uh, are a top story in, in the uh, NBA. So we'll start with the pool hole stuff, right? Um, listen, he is one of the greatest right-handed hitters ever. And it is the subject of our poll question. Who's the greatest right-handed hitter you've seen? So I'm not going to go back to the old days, Al Simmons and all those guys. You know, you, you never know. You look at the numbers and the numbers are phony, but uh Greatest right-handed hitter you've seen is Albert Pujols. I put Hank Aaron, Willie Mays, and the proverbial other. You want to put Joe DiMaggio in there. You want to put uh, Jim Rice in there. You want to put my guy Manny Ramirez in there, pre-Roids. Um, you know, you can go with that if you wanted to. To me, he's the best on an everyday basis. I didn't see Aaron or Mays on an everyday basis. Saw the tail end of both of their careers. Pujols was phenomenal. However, I got to say, you know, for a guy that was and will be a first ballot Hall of Famer, his, you know, and he had accusations, nothing serious, but, you know, back in that era when he was in his heyday with the Cardinals, you know, that was the steroid era. That, that, that you know, that was big time, big time. And always people wondered about him, never failed the test, but who did really back then? So there was always that cloud over his head. And I got to tell you, when you look at his numbers, again, Hall of Famer, 667 home runs. Lifetime batting average, uh, unfortunately, now under 300, 298. Uh, these are like, you know, Mike, Mike Trout times two. Uh, you know, home runs, as I mentioned, uh, you know, 667, 3,200 hits. You know, I don't know if he's going to latch on anywhere else. I kind of doubt it, to tell you the truth, if his demands remain the same. But in some ways, you could say, I can't believe I'm going to suggest it, but it's a little overrated. Yeah, but believe it or not. I'll explain when we come back. Opposite picks on a Friday morning. Scott Wetzel, Sirius XM Channel 204. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Listening to Opposite Picks with Scott Wetzel on Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM Channel 204. 
And Fox Sports there with the call back in the 2011 World Series. Uh, yeah, many moons ago. That's when uh, Sir Albert was Sir Albert. Now he's just Fat Albert. Uh, it is amazing. Scott Wetzel sitting in 13 past the hour, hour number one. Uh, we'll delve into the the gambling stuff here. First up, just wanted to point out with Albert being uh, designated for assignment, which means he needs to clear waivers. No one's picking up the last year of his contract the way he's hitting, so no one's going to trade for him. They'll get him on the cheap, but if his demands stay as they are, you know, the Angels, one thing they said in their press conference yesterday, that they were pretty adamant that this is not their decision. So anyone thinking that he's getting a raw deal by L.A., you know, really doesn't know the facts. I, I it, They made it seem like he wants to play every day and he wasn't willing to sit the bench. I don't know how much playing time they guaranteed him to appease him. Like, you listen, Albert, we'll, we'll sit you every other day. We'll play you one game out of three, one out of four. I, I don't know. But they made it pretty clear in their press conference, not only the GM, but Joe Madden, the manager as well, they all sat up there and said he didn't want to sit. You know, this is about playing time. He wanted to play every day. We couldn't afford that right now, so we're going to let him go. So it's almost like they were, and maybe they are, doing him a favor. So it's not a thing where uh, I I will say the angel threw him to the curbs as, you know, it would seem on on the, uh, you know, outside looking in. And that all said, listen, you can't blame the guy sitting a buck ninety-eight. You know, the Angels, how many years are going to go by you know, before the Angels have to take responsibility for sucking every single year? I mean, my goodness, and Albert is part of the reason. So, you know what? We tried, we failed for nine straight years. It just hasn't happened in L.A., and it really hasn't. And this guy was phenomenal with St. Louis. He, he really was. But it is remarkable how the numbers just dropped when he went to the American League. You look at some of his main numbers. In St. Louis, right? I mean, really, basically, right from the get, his first year in the league, he had three twenty nine with forty uh, with thirty seven home runs. I mean, he, you know, he he was in the MVP running as a rookie at twenty one. You know, his numbers, uh, you know, three twenty nine, thirty seven homers, thirty four homers, three fourteen, forty three homers, three fifty nine, forty six homers, three thirty one. 41 homers, 330, 49 homers, 331, 32 homers, 327, 37 homers, 357, uh, 47 homers, 327, 42 homers, 312, uh, 37 homers, 299. Then he goes to the Angels at a relatively young age at 32. You know, that, that's not, you know, 36, 37 over the hill. Should still be in your prime, right? Which is why the Angels gave him that ridiculous 10-year contract. He may have been the first one that that got those crazy deals that they seemingly hand out like, uh, you know, cupcakes now, candy bars. He goes to the Angels his first year, not bad, 30 homers, 285. But that is a drop. Those 30 homers are the <clears throat> excuse me, least amount of homers he hit for his career. The 285 batting average, the lowest he hit for his career. So his first year in L.A., he had career lows, albeit respectable, 30, and career low, 285, albeit respectable. All right, one year getting used to the American League pitching. No big deal. Second year with the Angels at the age of 33, 17 homers, 258 batting average. Third year, up to 28 home runs, 105 RBIs, not bad, but 272. Next year, he did hit 40 homers, but 244. 
31 homers, again, not bad, but not Albert-like, 268. Then 241, then 245, then 244, then 224, and then this year, 198. Home runs, all but one season. The 40 hit in 2015 when he hit 244. He must have been just absolutely swinging for the fences. Every other year with the Angels, all represented career lows versus any year he had with the St. Louis Cardinals. How do you explain that? You know, I mean, when, when guys are regularly playing in their 30s, uh, still in their prime, and yet his numbers drop precipitately. I mean, just like not completely off the map, I, I will say that. You know, is there any shame at hitting 23 home runs? Uh, you know, no. You know, Mike Trout puts those numbers up every single year, and they make him out to be the greatest thing since sliced bread. But when you're used to hitting 43, 46, 41, 49, 47, 42, and then you're hitting 17, 28, 31, 23, 19, 23, and albeit the 40, it's like, hmm. You know, when you're used to hitting 359, 331, 330, 331, 337, 357, and then you're hitting 285, 258, 272, 244. I mean, what happened? What happened? Ballpark? You know, St. Louis not necessarily hitters ballpark. Angels, a little bit, I suppose. Here's the most uh, alarming stat. You know, as I was going over this stuff, I was like, no, that can't be with this stat. And it's true. As popular as Albert Pujols is, right, in the game, and his popularity will carry you a long ways when it comes to all-star appearances. And I know the Angels always had Trout, but they didn't have Trout all that time. Uh, basically, they did, but still, there's no rule you can't have two guys, right? In... Nine years, won't count this year, obviously. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Yeah. In nine years, that's that's a career for most guys. Guess how many times Albert Pujols made the all-star team in the American League? And that's with a DH. <clears throat> that's with an expanded roster. That's with every team needing one player. That's with all the publicity, you know, and all the fanfare and all that other stuff that you bring with Albert Pujols. That's including, obviously, all his numbers, Hall of Fame. You know, we keep on hearing first ballot, first ballot, first ballot, Hall of Famer, right? Guess how many, in nine seasons, not not voted in, <clears throat> not, you know, elected in as a starter, just made it, just, just voted in or put on by the manager either way. One year. One year. Wow. He made it all but one, and I don't know how he didn't make it the one year, um, his second year in the league, in big leagues. He made it every year um, in St. Louis. Actually, two years. Somehow or another, he didn't do it uh, his last year. He made one out of nine. Wow. I mean, that just goes to show again how he just dropped off the map. Would I put him in as a first ballot guy? 3,200 uh, uh, hits, 669, uh, 667 home runs, 
You know, unfortunately for him, his batting average is now under 300 because of all those lousy years with the Angels. Uh, no, I wouldn't put him in first ballot. I, I wouldn't. He, he just wasn't the, the ball player he was. And he was young enough that there's got to be a reason. I don't know. Maybe it's no longer the Roids. Maybe maybe he got his fat contract and just said, you know what? That's it. I'm going off the Roids. Uh, you know, baseball scrutinizing way too much. I got way, way, way too much to lose. You know, with my reputation as being one of the greatest hitters of all time, the machine and this and that, World Series wins with the St. Louis Cardinals, and maybe that's it. Maybe he went off the roids and he turned into a more uh, more uh, a mere mortal uh, baseball player. Not bad, you know, but not first ballot Hall of Fame worthy. No, not, not that many mediocre years. Can't do it. I'll put him in, but not first ballot. A special honor of being a first ballot guy. All right, opposite picks on a Friday morning. Back to the gambling stuff. Bad Beat Watch next right here. We are the first 24-hour network giving you the most extensive fantasy sports and odds coverage of all major sports. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. So, well, why are the Lakers four and a half, basically, to one? The Clippers six to one. The Jazz, a respectable six and a half to one. And yet the Suns 16 to 1, when it's the Suns who have the second best record in the Western Conference, not the Clippers, not the Lakers, not the Nuggets. They're only a game behind the Jazz. So at, at this point, they would be, you know, the number two seed. And, and they're not going to fall again. Six games left. They got a three-game lead over third place, the Clippers. So the only thing I can think of is that somehow or another, don't ask how, but they just seem to know these things. They know that the road to the NBA championship for the Phoenix Suns is going to go through the Lakers early, not later. How could they know that? I don't know. Because the, the, the season, the standings rather, are so jumbled right now. The Lakers could be as high as five. They could be six. They could be seven. Very easily, you know, right right now they're they're tied for six and seven with Portland, and they play a monster game later on tonight. And theoretically, they could fall into the eighth spot when everything is said and done, even though they won't in the standings. But if they fall into the seven eight game, follow me now because it's a little confusing. But if you fall into the seven eight game and they lose that, which they could do because they would be playing maybe Golden State, right? Then you play the winner at 9-10. If you win that, you fill the number eight hole. So we really don't know where those Lakers are going to be. They could be as high as five, and they could be as low as eight, and, and just a flip of the coin. So why is it that the Phoenix Suns are 16-1? to They got the second-best record in the NBA. <laughs> I mean, they've had a great season. They're not slumping. They've won seven of their last ten. Uh, they play terrific at home and on the road. You know, basically identical records. Nine home losses, 10 on the road, 22 and 10 on the road. It makes no sense. Uh, what am I missing? I, 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 I thought about it, and I, I don't know. I, I don't, you know, 
Like I said, if you told me that they would absolutely have to be facing the Lakers in the first round of the playoffs, then it's like, wow, then you got to face the Lakers, then you got to probably face the Clippers, then you might have to face the Jazz. I get that. But, you, you know, as I just pointed out, you really don't know where they're going to finish up, you know, with, with the Lakers situation. So very strange that the NBA betters have been reluctant to buy into Phoenix really all season long. Yet when I watch them play, I think that's the one team that can win it all. I mean, I know Chris Paul's never won a big game in his life. I get that. And now we're asking him to be the leader, uh, but he has, and his team seems to have balance. It's got a guy that can take over a game, and Devin Booker. It's got an inside source. And Aton, you know, they got the leadership of Chris Paul. Uh, I, I I, don't uh, – 16 to 1 just doesn't make any sense to me. Very strange. Very, very strange. But think about this also as we go off on these tangents. That's okay. It's a Friday. Um, think about your reward, right? You're fighting all season long to get home court advantage. Um, you know, the number one seed, uh, who thought at this point the Utah Jazz or the Phoenix Suns would be in this spot, right? Nobody, you know, some people may have said Lakers. Some may have said the Clippers. Some may have said Denver. Some may have even thought the Dallas Mavericks were going to turn it on, right? But I, I don't know anyone that thought the Utah Jazz and Phoenix Suns would be the top two teams, right? But here they go. You know, they're battling it out. They're trying to win these games. You know, both are playing good ball down the stretch here. They're not tanking. They're not resting, guys, uh, for the most part. You know, Phoenix uh, and, and Utah, outside of some legitimate injuries, have played their guys. You know, Jazz have won three in a row. Said your Suns have won seven of ten. And what's their reward? Their reward could legitimately be play the Lakers with LeBron and AD in the first round of the playoffs. Because at this point, it's looking like the Lakers will be playing in that 7-8 game. And if you lose that, then you play again the winner of 9-10. And then if you win that, you get the number eight seed. You you could There is obviously a direct road for the Lakers finishing 7-8, losing to Steph Curry and Golden State, then playing the winner at this point, it would be Memphis and San Antonio. And assuming they win that, they would be the number eight seed. Then the Utah Jazz will just say, since they're sitting in the top spot, fighting all season long for the number one seed, you know, home court advantage throughout the playoffs, getting all this respect, having a nice, easy road, at least through one round anyway, right, into the postseason. And their reward would be LeBron James and the L.A. Lakers. Wow. <laughs> that is funny. It really is. I mean, you finally, finally, finally break through. Suns, if it's the Suns, you know, the Suns have been so bad for so long. You know, you got to go back to the Barkley days, for goodness sakes, uh, the last time they were relevant in the NBA. Uh, you know, the Adam Scott days before that, if you will. And, you know, they're they're finally, finally good, and their reward would be maybe playing the Lakers in the first round if the Lakers get the number seven seed. So... Western, you know, say what you want about it, and I'm not thrilled about having 10 teams still be alive after 72 games. But it has, you know, there is a little twist to it, and it really has, whether teams care or not, it has accomplished the goal, this goofy playoff format, of getting more teams interested, getting more fan bases still alive and, and involved in the NBA, and on the surface making these games meaningful down the stretch. You know, it's not necessarily just about playoff seedings. It is about, you know, being in the top six and everything else. So for the gambler, that should help you out a little bit. But anyway, all right, we'll take a break. We'll come back. Uh, Lakers and Clippers did square off last night. Battle of Staples Center. 
It was one-sided, but did they cover and did the game go over? We'll check it all out next. Opposite picks on a Friday morning. Sports be ready in series September 4th. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. That was from 25 feet away. That's the three. Here's Irving right back. Yes, and the foul. Dallas at one point led by as many as 10. Doncic picked up on the switch as Irving cut outside. Doncic again from way downtown. Doncic now played by Griffin with very little room. Got him off and hits again. Doncic played by Durant. Now Powell comes out to set a pick. Here's Doncic driving, whips it back outside. Josh Richardson from three. You're listening to Opposite Picks with Scott Wetzel on Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM Channel 204. Yeah, Lakers, Clippers, you got the Nets and uh, Dallas Mavericks last night there as uh, the Mavs actually hand the Nets their fourth straight loss, season high four in a row. Let us check out the uh, the NBA, 41 past the hour, Scott Wetzel on his uh, Friday morning uh, checking out what's going on in the world of sports, talking about little Albert Pujols. Uh, we get to the Miguel Cabrera. You know, people were just saying about the contracts and how bad the, the uh, Albert Pujols contract was. Uh, you know, Cabrera and, and Chris Davis is still under contract. You talk about bad contract, boy. Uh, the NBA last night, you know, leave it to the goofy Kyrie. You know, Nets lose their season-high fourth in a row. They lost a bad home game to Portland. They lost the back-to-back games to Milwaukee. Now they go to Dallas, and they lose to the uh, Mavs, 113-109, despite 45 from Kyrie. And uh, afterwards, a typical Kyrie, what, what a what a bird brain. Uh, really, what, what a just a goofball. Um, I, I don't, I'm telling you right now, he's going to run for president. He's not going to win, but he's, he's going to get into politics, I'm sure. So last night, they get their ass kicked, right, uh, by four. Afterwards, Kyrie actually agrees to talk to the media. Wow, how about that? What a sacrifice. So he says afterwards, I think it's good we lost. Good we have these tests right now. Those challenges, you know, it's been too easy at times, so it's good. Been too easy. Been too easy. You've played seven games, seven with your three best players, yourself, Harden, and Durant. Nothing has come easy for this Brooklyn Nets team. What are you kidding me? You can't even get on the court, let alone win. Everything has been too easy. I hate to break it to you, Kyrie, but you don't have the best record in the NBA. You know, you're not 55 and four here. I, uh, you know, I don't know if you checked that NBA standing lately, but you're not in first place in the East. Okay, I mean, you're in second place, tied with Milwaukee. Uh, right now at 43-24, and 24, three games behind the 76ers. So you're, you're really, yeah, not going to catch them. Uh, you don't have the best record. That goes to Utah. You don't have the second best record. That goes to Phoenix. You don't have the third best record. That goes to Philadelphia. You don't have the fourth best record. That goes to the Clippers. You don't have the fifth best, uh, fifth best record. That goes to the Denver, Denver Nuggets. You got the sixth best record in the NBA. Nothing shameful in that, mind you, but it hasn't come that easy. I will tell you that. You know, you're basically a 500 team on the road, 18 and 16. I mean, heck, the Indiana Pacers have a better road record than you. The Indiana Pacers. 
right? The uh, Portland Jailblazers have a better road record. The Memphis Grizzlies have a better road record. The San Antonio Spurs have a better road record than the Brooklyn Nets. And yet somehow or another, in Kyrie's own little world here, he seems to think that this uh, season has been too easy. And he's happy they lost because it gives the, it's going to give them a challenge. Wow. You want to hear a good stat? Another one? I drummed up? Told you about the uh, the Albert Pujols one, right? I got another good one here for you. One All-Star game in nine years. That That is still just amazing. You, I mean, you just... He has been living on those St. Louis Cardinal numbers for a decade. For an absolute decade. Not a first bout in my eyes. Manny Ramirez, twice the ball player. And Manny didn't do roids. Not that Pujols necessarily did, but, you know, Manny didn't with the Red Sox. That's all that matters. Kyrie Durant versus Kwai Paul George. What do you think? Kyrie and Durant, well, I'll give you those numbers a second. When Kawhi Leonard and Paul George play for the Clippers, they're 30 and 10. All right. Probably expected that, right? Win three out of every four games. You know, that's a nice little season. That's 60 and 20. You know, uh, that'd be a hell of a season if they played 82 games, right? 61 and, and uh, 21 or 62 and, and uh, 20 if they would have played but we all know it's 2021, so that's not going to happen. What do you think the Nets record is when Kyrie and KET play? Now, no James Harden. We'll throw him away because they've only played seven games. But when it is Kyrie and Durant, just those two, Clippers 30-10 and 10 with Kwai and Paul George, the Nets 7-9 and nine when Irving and Durant play without Harden. 7-9. and nine. Wow. That's an eye-opener to me. They have a losing record. Two of supposedly the best players in the game, you know, and all the other uh, players that they have on that team, which are all pretty good, and they have a losing record when those two guys play. I know you won't hear it now, but we were trying to bring it up before when he was playing, but, you know, Harden was showing with KD out, they were winning. When it was just Harden, and Harden and Irving, they were winning. Without Harden, even though he's the third wheel in, they're losing. Remarkable. So, what does it all mean? Nothing, but it's just interesting. If they don't get the Harden back, now he says he's ready to play and they're just taking it easy right now. And he's going to be back for the postseason, blah, 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 blah. Uh, we'll see. Uh, but it is interesting. Here's another one. You know, let me go back to FanDuel. I eliminated that. I, I want to check. Um, Washington beat Toronto last night uh, in overtime. They, uh, depending on where and when you did your shopping, they were, either went off as a one, one-and-a-half point underdog or as a one, one-and-a-half point favorite. They won by two. When everything is said and done, Van Fleet hit a big three uh, at the end of regulation to send the game to overtime. Uh, let me go back to uh, MVP voting. So I want to bring something up here. I don't know if we're going to ever get this or not, but um, you know, you look for all these little storylines, and here's you know you want to throw a little flyer on something. I still don't. I don't know why I, you know, the Joker is at thirteen to one to win it minus thirteen hundred. I, I I wouldn't in a million years ever do that. I don't, I don't think he's going to win. I just don't think he has that kind of national acclaim. I really don't. 
I, I think of the Joker. I think of postseason failures with Denver. I, I don't, you know, they're not getting a number one seed, two, three, or, or maybe even four, depending on how things play out. Um, I, I just don't think they're going to get it done. Embiid at nine and a half to one, maybe. Um, Steph Curry, 21 to one. Yeah. Greek Freak at 29. You know, you're getting some monster numbers out here because they really, really, really believe the Joker's getting it. But you want you want a guy that maybe could make a late push. You want to take a flyer on someone that's 200. This is the best 240 to one shot I think you'll ever have. How about Russell Westbrook? Another triple double last night. This guy is having a phenomenal season. Now, I know you got Bradley Beal. I get that. But where would the Wizards be without Westbrook? He got his – now, it took him a little while with the points. We had to sweat that one out a little bit. Uh, but he, he got his uh, 10th and 11th point uh, late in the game. Ended up with 13. But he has 34 triple doubles this season. 19 triple doubles in his last 23 games. 22 in his last 28 games. For his career, he's got 180. He's one behind Oscar Robertson all time. All time. I mean, I know the numbers in the NBA are goofy, and I'm not putting that much credence into it. I'm really not. But that is a hell of a mark. 34 triple-doubles, 19. You know, a triple-double for Westbrook is like a double-double for anybody else. He is a triple-double machine. And, you know, the numbers, oh, by the way, are finally, finally, finally starting to creep up on laying odds. But you're still only laying about two to one on him to get a triple-double. This guy's had a triple-double, 19 of his last 23 games. And all I have to do is lay two to one. I mean, it's the easiest bet in the history of betting with Russell Westbrook. So, back to the MVP. Now, the Wiz win again last night, as I mentioned, in overtime. They're sitting in the number 10 spot. That pretty much eliminates the Raptors, and the Wiz have a three-game lead over the Bulls. They're only one behind the falling-apart Pacers. Uh, they're only two behind the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, they're not going to catch Miami uh, with the, their five back, so they're going to be in one of these play-in games. So, But any kind of luck, they could catch Charlotte for the number eight spot. And I tell you, if you want to tell me that Steph Curry deserves some consideration for Golden State being in the number seven, eight, or nine spot, then why not Russell Westbrook? Why not? I mean, 240 to one, something has to occur for the storyline. Maybe it's him passing Oscar Robertson for triple doubles. Maybe that, you know, something has got to get him. Not that people don't know him, mind you, but his story, the national scene, uh, you know, we're going to vote for him. You know, something has to, it's, as I have said all along with Donovan Mitchell, nothing really happened to get Mitchell on that national, oh, my goodness, he, he scored 80 points, you know. Um, with uh, the Wiz, It's too bad the Wizards were so bad for so long because they've actually turned themselves into a pretty good team. You know, they're five games under 500. They're not going to finish 500. Um, you know, could you give it to a guy that finishes under 500? Well, if they make the playoffs, why not, right? I still want to know if these play-in games are part of the regular season, per se. Meaning, is, is the MVP vote going to come after those play-in games or before? I don't know, technically. Because if it comes after and, and Washington is able to get into officially the postseason, why not Westbrook, right? I mean, you're going to give it to, to Luka? 
Uh, all right, excuse me, you're going to give it to the Joker? Really? I mean, the Denver Nuggets with the fourth, uh, number four seed in the West? You know, they've not fallen apart after Jamal Murray left, but it's not because of him. It's because of uh, Porter Jr. that's been playing great. You know, you can make the case he's the MVP of the Denver Nuggets, not not uh, Nicola. So I, I don't, uh, I'd say 240 to one for a guy that's going to set the all-time triple doubles record. Uh, he's just carrying the team. Not bad. Not a bad thought. All right, Lakers Clippers are bad beat watch. We'll get to it here. Lakers were at eight. Now, you knew this is trouble. You know, whenever a line is high to begin with, cardinal rule in betting. Absolute cardinal rule. If a line is funky to begin with, as the Lakers were seven and a half point underdog yesterday morning, and then it gets even worse as it went up to eight and a half, that is a clear sign to either stay away or go, go the other way. You know, if you if you can't pull the trigger late eight and a half, I fully understand it. But that's the number number one rule. If you have a bad line and it gets worse, stay away. All right. So or follow the money or follow the line anyway. I don't know necessarily about the money or not, but follow it. So Clippers are winning easily. They're going to cover the spread. All right. Well, I'll spare you the drama. Over under is two twelve. Because of time constraints, we'll fast forward, as we like to say. We start the fourth quarter. Oh, we got to take a break. We start the fourth quarter with uh, 50 points to give. All right, when we come back, we'll run it all down. I promise I'll get it in this hour. Two twi- Clippers and Lakers. Opposite picks on a uh, Friday morning. We'll check out the poll question as well. All that's next right here on uh, Sirius XM Sports Committee. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. There are 24 hours in every day. 1,440 minutes. 86,400 seconds. And we still have trouble squeezing all this glorious sports talk in. Have you thought about sleeping less this is the sports grid radio network all right let's check out our bad beat uh, watch that's lakers clippers over under 212 now we all know the whole world bets overs who's betting it under in an nba game right so let's go into the assumption you got the over <clears throat> all right uh we need 50 points 50 in the fourth quarter for the game to go over. That's not bad. In a blowout game, Clippers up uh, about 20 points, right? Lakers aren't playing any defense. No AD. They they lost the the game. Clippers still have their starters in there. So let's see if we can get our 50 lousy, measly points in order to get the uh, the over on this one. Nice uh, double winner on the Clips uh, and the over. All right, we'll fast forward. We need 50. We'll fast forward to the six-minute mark. Six-minute mark. Uh, we need 31 points. That's eh, not looking good. Nah, not nah, not looking good. These two stiffs are throwing up bricks left and right. All right. Uh, then we get to the five minute mark. We need 26 points. Uh, it's still not looking good. Come on, boys. We need some shots here. What's going on here? It's garbage time. You got to pad the stats. This is where you make your money for goodness sake. This is when your agents yell and scream, score, score, and score. 
Uh, they do score, actually, a bunch of points. Uh, now we're down to 18 points in the final four minutes. It's got to be close. Uh, down to uh, three minutes, and we need uh, anything. We need 13 points. All right, we can get 13 points in three minutes, right? Terrence Mann misses a three-pointer. Uh, ben McLemore misses a three-pointer. Luke Kennard misses an 18-footer. Uh, Marquise Morris misses one free throw. Morris misses two free throws. What is going on? Terrence Mann makes a layup. Makes the free throw as well. Montrez Harrell makes the layup. Makes the free throw as well. Ooh, six points in about 20 seconds. Cha-ching, cha-ching. We're going down to the wire. We got a shot. It's up to our boy after Patrick Beverly makes a couple of free throws. Devontae Kaycock. Who the fudge is that? He's at the free throw line. We need two free throws. 23 seconds left. Devontae Kaycock. What is that? He misses. But he makes the second free throw with 30, with uh, 23 seconds left. We get the push. How about that? Thank you.